Welcome to the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com podcast. The opinions and ideas expressed on this show are solely those of HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com and its guests. This is the very best of professional wrestling, both independent and mainstream. Once again, you already know what it is and you already know where you have reached for the 16th episode, September 21st, 2018. You've reached the number one up and coming professional wrestling podcast anywhere in the New York City and Tri-State area. This is the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com podcast. I want to thank each and every person listening on the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com website on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever and however you may be listening, I say thank you. This show is popping only because of you. And tonight we have another big time guest in store for you as we have a very special subject matter. We're talking about the 16-time champion. No, I'm not talking about the greatest of all time, Ric Flair, but I am talking about somebody who is a pulverizing figure in the industry and somebody who is... I know I hate to say it, but one of the greatest of all time. We're talking about the other 16-time world champion. We're talking about John Cena. I'm going to introduce my guest for this show in one quick second. But before I do, I got to make sure I let all my business owners know. You know I look out for my listeners. I got to make sure y'all have the right information for all my business owners out there looking to project themselves in the best possible light on the internet. There's only one place to go, and that's Hoshcrea.com. They revolutionize what is needed to make sure your business pops in the best possible way as it pertains to web platforming. So there's only one place to go. Check them out. Check out their portfolio and a list of who's who, list of clients that they've taken care of, and you want to be next on that list. So make sure you go to Hoshcrea.com. That's H-A-A-S-C-R-E-A.com. Hoshcrea.com because we love tech. Yeah, once again, like I said, we are in the building for episode number 16, and I'm so excited to be with you once again. The new fall season is well underway. We got the new fall season kicked off last week with the one and only Miss Felicia Rose, and we're going to keep the momentum going right now as we bring in a very special guest who's going to talk with us about John Cena and his WWE career. She is currently the host of the TNT podcast based out of Orlando, Florida, produced by Zildjian65. She is really doing her thing. I've been a guest on her show, and I made sure I had to do it. I had to bring her on my show when I announced on Twitter that she would be on the show. All my people on Twitter showed love and tweeted me and said, yes, yes, make sure she comes on the show. We love the chemistry y'all have on her show. Got to make sure you bring her on the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com podcast. And that's exactly what I've done right here, September 21st, 2018. She is the one and only C.M. Smiley, a.k.a. Tracy. Welcome to the show. What's good, New York? Coming from you all the way from Orlando, Florida, even though I am not a citizen of the state, 
<laughs> yeah, we in the building, man. We appreciate you. Appreciate you for real, for real. We like the energy. We like the swagger. And that's why we wanted to have you on. Listen, we're going to jump right into it, man, because um, this show is kind of near and dear to my heart for the opposite reason that some people may think. Because believe me, the person we're going to be talking about is not near and dear to my heart. But the passion that I have as it pertains to my dislike for what this man has become in the industry <laughs> is most definitely close and near and dear to my heart. We're talking about the former, and I hate to say this, this makes me want to throw up every time I say it, 16-time, woo, world champion. I say woo because to me there's only one real 16-time champ, but I guess the numbers are the numbers. We're talking about John Cena. Oh, my God. He really (laughs) does. Oh, my God. We're talking about 2001, man. We're talking about, I don't know, the end of WCW. We're talking about... Um, The Rock on top of the world. We're talking about WrestleMania 17, Stone Cold returning from a massive neck injury, a storyline run over by car injury. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about Triple H at its best. We're talking about the American badass Undertaker at its best. And we're also talking about a young man by the name of John Cena who was in WWE developmental at the time, working his way up, former college football I wouldn't say star, but he was a very good player, nose tackle uh, at a Division II school, I believe. But listen, John Cena got called up and made an epic debut. I got to say epic because I'm going to be honest about it. Made an epic debut against Kurt Angle, who made an open challenge. And all of a sudden, this fresh face, baby face, OD baby face kid walks down the aisle. Nobody knows who he is. Smile. How do you feel about the SmackDown debut of John Cena? So, I couldn't think John Cena was going to get anywhere. I really didn't think. I'm like, who is this kid? Who is this little, you know, no neck, big, huge, broad shoulders, head doesn't fit his whole entire body? (laughs) I'm sorry. That's what he looked like to me. No, it's a fact. It's a fact. It's a fact. So, when I heard that he actually got endorsed, you know, when I saw that he got endorsed by the Undertaker, I'm like, where are they going with this? I mean, obviously, this kid was a made man right after that. You get, like you said, I, I got to piggyback off of what you said, Tracy. You get endorsed by The Undertaker. You know, you're being endorsed by one of the greatest to ever do it. And all of a sudden, this kid, this unknown, about an hour earlier, is all of a sudden a household name. And I know, I hate to say it, but I'm not exaggerating. The next day on the internet, you know, you can't say social media. Social media wasn't popping in 02. But uh-huh. the next day on the internet, John Cena was a, was a, a, I guess you could say trending before trending was a word. Was very popular, you know what I'm saying? Everybody wanted to know who this kid was. Before you know it, he's doing six-man tag team matches with Rey Mysterio and Edge. What the hell is going on? And before you know it, this kid has some major backing behind him. But the thing was, my... He was kind of corny. He was kind of corny. He was good, but he, you know, matching shorts with the matching boots. I'm talking about ultra, ultra milky baby face. Yeah, before he went all, you know, jean shorts and no shirt, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> word, word. And, like, you know, it was just kind of like this kind of, like, ho-hum, kind of like, yeah, you know, he had a little steam behind him. They tried to give him that little Ray dust, that little edge dust, and it definitely gave him a whole lot of Undertaker dust. But uh, he'll, you know, kind of fall through the cracks. And he started fledgling. He started not showing up on SmackDown. This new rookie was no longer seen on the show until... My God, Halloween 2002, 
I'm not sure if that particular Halloween was on a Thursday or on a Friday, whenever SmackDown aired, but it was Halloween week. And John Cena, my God, Trace, dressed up like Vanilla Ice and kicked a freestyle for Stephanie McMahon that changed his life. They tried to get him a WrestleMania match for 19. They couldn't get it together, but he has a feature role on Heat. Heat was still popping at this time on WrestleMania night. Comes out on stage, does a hip-hop, R&B, whatever you want to call it, freestyle situation. He turns up a little bit. John Cena is made, and the next month... Yo, Smile, the next month he's in the main event of Backlash against Brock Lesnar. What is oh, going on right now? Here we should not say that name. <laughs> that name angers me. I hate that name and I hate that man. Yo, Why? make sure make sure y'all tune in to the TNT podcast in the next week or so because I'm going to be featured on that show with Smile. We're going to do a Hell in a Cell uh, uh, review show, and I'm sure she's going to have a lot of negative things about Brock Lesnar, but we're going to keep it even no, tone right yeah, now. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm excited. <laughs> I know you're fired up, but listen, John Cena is in the main event of Backlash. Not the real main event. The main event was a six-man tag. Booker T, Y2J, Kevin Nash was in the match, Triple H, whatever, Shawn Michaels, but... For the WWE title, John Cena, this kid who was like this ultra babyface corny dude six months earlier, is now the main event of a secondary pay-per-view for the biggest title in the industry. What is going on, Trace? I have no idea. Look, I don't know. A little jobber. He went from a little jobber whose head didn't fit his body to the main event of backlash against the one and only... I, well, back then he was back then he was the man. Yeah, Brock was Brock was popping in 03. Brock was popping in 03. 03 Brock Lesnar. Yeah. You know, before he got all juiced up on steroids and allegedly, allegedly. Sorry, allegedly, <laughs> quote unquote, allegedly. I want to get you sued. Nah, allegedly nah. juiced up on steroids <laughs> before he was endorsed by that sandwich company that I can't even think of right now. Right, right. Jimmy right. Johns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was still what did, before he wore shorts. Before all that, he was O three Brock Lesnar. He had spiky hair. He wore tights. Well, those are even tights. Tights. Absolutely, and he's doing his thing. And all of a sudden, Brock, like like I, Brock is coming off. By the way, the biggest win of his career. He had recently won the Royal Rumble, won the main event of WrestleMania nineteen against Kurt Angle, became the WWE champion. Uh, he, oh, uh, Reigns, let's throw them. <laughs> <laughs> he came to WWE. <laughs> Yo, Trace, you're crazy. Became the WWE. Y'all see why I love her, man. She's off the hook. Anyway, became the WWE champion at WrestleMania 19. Defends the title successfully against John Cena. But the point is, John Cena was then off to the races. He, he steamrolls through the summer. He ends up going to the Survivor Series in 2003. And I think this is where WWE creative kind of figured out what was going on. Because John Cena was hotter than fish grease at this time. But he, at the moment, as Survivor Series was coming together, was not part of the match. It was Team Brock versus Team Angle in a 5-on-5 match. And I guess WWE came to their senses. All due respect to the Hall of Famer, Farouk, Ron Simmons. I love you, my my G. You're, You're one of the greatest ever first african-american world champion but by this time ron simmons was on his way out jbl was about to transition into his role but they were still the apa and wwe makes the decision to take farouk out of the match and add john cena to team angle and john cena for the love of god 
is a sole survivor with Chris Benoit. What is going on? I'm still dumbfounded, Trace. Talk to me. I don't like babyface John Cena. I need ruthless, stupid, cutting raps about everybody John Cena. That's right. That's what I need in my life. That's right. That's right. That's right. And I think I think this is the the, the fact, like I said, he, he became a he definitely became a face at this time. He gave uh, uh, Big Show the FU at the time, a.k.a. the attitude adjustment. So corny. But anyway, the FU at the time. By the way, really cool, uh, you know, play on words. Uh, when he was feuding with Brock Lesnar, that was the F5, and he changed his name of his move to the FU, which was awesome. But uh, gave, gave a 500-pound FU to the Big Show, and he was off to the races, which leads, which leads him to a very respectable performance in the following year's Royal Rumble. Uh, that would eventually be won by Chris Benoit. But um, that leads John Cena to WrestleMania 20. I was in the building. I was probably about, oh my God, I was like 18 years old. Jesus. And my man, John Cena, wins the United States title in Madison Square Garden. A match that for some reason WWE still considers a main event, even though it was the first match of the night. I'm so yeah. confused by this. But tell us your recollection of WrestleMania 20. I wasn't really happy about the match i'm just like big show back then wasn't one of my favorites right like i'm big, sorry big show, big show big show hasn't been anybody's favorite in like 20 years so you're not alone i love big show now oh do you so then okay not a fan but right. when he came out with his chain necklace he had was it work no, those rings on his hands <laughs> i was like okay who was the Eminem want to be the doctor of thugonomics was in the building Yes. Yes, he was. You so you sound you sound so underwhelmed, Trace. So underwhelmed. <laughs> when he won the championship, I was like, "Good for you. Good for you. Good for John Cena. Good for you." Oh, usually opening match, I don't really care. Mm -hmm. But it was well, it was the United States. Yeah, it was just it was just a UC championship. So I was just like, "Meh." Yeah. I mean, yeah. I agree. Mad was kind of my reaction too until I realized what it was leading to. They had, that eventually became one of the biggest titles on SmackDown, the second biggest title on SmackDown. Obviously, it always was because you had the world title in the U.S., but they really elevated it. They gave him his own custom United States championship belt, which I thought was pretty dope. And John Cena would successfully defend that title for almost a year, almost a year until the following year when the era of John Cena began. He ended up losing the United States championship a year later to Orlando Jordan who was the chief of well, staff. Pause, pause. Oh, okay. I'm just going to pause you right there. Please, so, go. I'm going to pause you right there. The... Can we just talk about the U.S. spinning belt? Okay, okay. Can talk we to... talk about that hideous belt? Can we please talk, talk about this hideous, hideous belt? Did I move past that too quickly? I apologize. Yes, you did. Okay. You just, like, gave his whole title. And then, no, 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 pause. Let's talk about this ugly... Ugly title. Okay. Ugly. Okay, okay. I thought it was that a cool was concept. Like... It was a cool concept, but a poor design. I agree. Oh, my God. <laughs> it looked like something you could win in the Indies. That's what it looked like. It looked like an indie belt. I'm sorry. That's what it looked like. An indie belt. That's the kind of belt you, you could win while you're in the Indies. That's what it looked like to me. And you know something? You're not alone. You're not alone in how you feel. A lot of people felt it was disrespectful to the title. It wasn't just, I like it. I like when people bring their own style to the title. Like, whenever someone wins the title, they should bring their own style to the title. Like, when Naomi won her title and she made it glow, everyone's like, oh, like a toy now. I'm like, but that's a toy I want. 
I feel you. I feel you. And you know, I think I think that's I think eyebrows were raised. You're right. I shouldn't have I shouldn't have glossed past that. You're right. Because that was the time that eyebrows started getting raised and people started saying, "Wait a minute. He got a custom belt." The only person I've seen with a custom belt in the last 20 years was, I don't know, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yep. Is this John Cena guy going to be the next big thing? I mean, no pun intended, Brock Lesnar, but <laughs> like, it, all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute, like, uh, what the heck is going on? But like I said, he did, um, he did retain that title and successfully defend it all over the world for the next 10 months until he lost it to the chief of staff of John Bradshaw Layfield, Mr. Mm-hmm. Orlando Jordan. That was all to set a stage, Trace, because... He just had to have that title off him by the time WrestleMania rolled around. He was the finalist of WrestleMania, uh, excuse me, finalist of Royal Rumble 2005. Eventually won by Batista in one of the weirdest finishes ever. Yeah. And take us back, if you would, to WrestleMania 21. We're talking about JBL, the longest reigning SmackDown champion of all time up until AJ Styles. And we're talking about John Cena in his first ever real, in my opinion, WrestleMania main event for the WWE title. Take <sighs> <laughs> me all the way back to WrestleMania 21. Yeah. I'm not a fan of JBL. Never have. Probably never will be. I think he's an ass. <laughs> he he so is. He is. Of, he is. I automatically wanted that thing off of him quickly. <laughs> so when I heard John Cena was going against him, I'm like, all right, cool, let's do it. <laughs> I'm just like, cool, let's do it. John Cena's already been pushed down our throats. Let's just, let's just keep this going. Let's right. keep the push train going. It was a, it was a decent match. I mean, decent. one one fu, aka attitude adjustment, and the match was over. No excessive kickouts. No five or six f fives. Just trying to say that to make you mad, Trace. And mm-hmm. uh, and all of a sudden, John Cena is a champion. He's successfully defending the title, and that's when. Something weird starts to happen. Um, for the better part of the last two years, John Cena was the cool guy. John Cena was the rapper. John Cena was the white rapper, which is unique in itself. John Cena was the swagger guy. He was the ruthless aggression guy. He was jean shorts and Jordans. He was chains. He was backwards hats. He was freestyles. But all of a sudden, something weird starts to happen. We're, we're, we're getting to, 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 to SummerSlam season, mm-hmm. 2005. We're talking about Chris Jericho, who was undergoing a little bit of a transformation himself. He was about to take a leave of absence. We didn't know it at the time, but he was gearing up for what he would be his last WWE run for about a year or so, where he was going to challenge John Cena for the WWE Championship. And the match goes down, mm-hmm. and that's where the beginning of Let's Go Cena, Cena Sucks, began, and we've been dealing okay. with it for the last 13 years that was the crux of it do you remember SummerSlam 2005 the main event was hbk versus hulk hogan do you remember uh john cena versus y2j i sort of remember yes i do because i was a big huge jericho fan i still am okay. the biggest jericho fan uh when i heard the let's go uh, <clears throat> john cena suction i'm like what is this this is new i like this can we keep this <laughs> right right I was all for it. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I was all for it. Because I liked Jericho. Like, I'm sorry. That's like, 
you can't boo Jericho. Like, there's no way in hell you can get people to hate Jericho. Not at all. Not at all. Even if you put him against little, small, not small, little John Cena. And when I heard the John Cena sucks chant, I was all for it. I was just like, can we keep this going? I didn't know what it was at first. I think you're right. I think everybody shared that level of confusion. I think the, the fans were confused, but also passionate about the fact, hey, I know we're supposed to be cheering the baby face, but we're going to cheer Jericho because Jericho's cooler. And I know it was let's go Cena, Cena sucks, but I'll tell you what, it seemed like the Cena sucks chants were a lot louder and the let's go Jericho chants were a lot louder. And, you know, you, me, Smy, along with, you know, many, many fans, millions of people, I think, decided that night that, hey, Cena's not going to be forced down our throats anymore. Vince, I know you want Cena to be the next Hogan. I know you want him to be the next Rock. I know you want him to be the next Austin. But, hey, we're not buying it. You know, it reminded me of Bret Hart in 97. Like, obviously, it was a different situation as Bret Hart was way over for a very, very long time. But... Bret Hart was the babyface going into WrestleMania 13. Stone Cold was the heel. And the fans decided, me included, that Stone Cold was the guy. And everything changed from that point on. And it's the same thing for John Cena. And it's been 13 years of Cena sucks chance. And, you know, but that was that was the beginning of it all. And he would obviously successfully defend the title at 2005 SummerSlam against Jericho. And that would lead to Jericho taking a leave of absence. He wouldn't be back for about a year and a half. But Cena was off to the races. But I'll tell you what, what really made it so that I think me and a lot of people were done with John Cena for good was two consecutive WrestleMania main event title defenses against the members of DX. In 2006, at WrestleMania 22, he made Triple H tap out. And then in, at WrestleMania two, in 2007, WrestleMania 23, he made Shawn Michaels tap out. It was ridiculous. Two of the biggest icons in the industry, D-Generation X, in two consecutive years, tapped out in WrestleMania main events. I mean, it was ridiculous. 2008, John Cena would not leave as a champion. He lost in a triple threat match. I, I don't even think he took the pinfall, honestly. I think Triple H took the pinfall by Randy Orton. So even when he lost, he didn't really lose. And then 2009, he would win the world title. 2010, I believe he beat... Batista at WrestleMania 26 for the WWE title. And then WrestleMania 27 rolls around and we have a very, very cool return of The Rock as the guest host of WrestleMania 27. And The Rock helps The Miz retain the title. He didn't like The Miz. I like The Miz. The world likes The Miz. The Miz is dope. But The Rock helped The Miz retain the title at WrestleMania 27. And that led to the following night where The Rock would challenge John Cena for the title a full year, or not for the title, excuse me. He would challenge John Cena just to a match, the main event match of WrestleMania 28, a full year in advance. And that's where I want you to take over, smile, and let the world know your recollection of a match that was supposed to be once in a lifetime. Turned out to be twice in a lifetime, but give us your recollection of the match that was billed as once in a lifetime, Cena versus Rock. It was supposed to be a once in a lifetime match. So then they went back and forth each other throughout the whole entire match. It was good. I wasn't bored. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I wasn't bored. So that's a good thing. If I there wasn't you go. Bored. Exactly. So when uh, The Rock actually kicked out of two attitude adjustments, mm -hmm. and then Cena kicked out of a rock bottom and a people's elbow. But then when Cena tried to do his, his when Cena tried to do a people's elbow on The Rock, he ran to another rock bottom, and The Rock beat 
John Cena. Yes, he did. One, two, three, right in the middle. One, two, three. Clean. I loved it. He, he won clean, and I was just like, yes, the right of John Cena is over. Yeah, un- until until the next night. So he, I mean, it, it's crazy. Like you, you just broke down WrestleMania 28, and that leads to obvious, the obvious, which is John Cena winning the Royal Rumble the next year. He gets the rematch because, of course, we can't have The Rock going over on John Cena without John Cena getting some kind of payback. So John Cena wins clean the following year at WrestleMania 29. Defeats Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania 30, where he teased severely teased a heel turn, but of course he didn't because hey. We all know that we want him to turn heel. So what's Vince going to do? Make sure he doesn't. Make sure we don't give the people what they want. Awesome. Great job, Vince. Ah. WrestleMania 31. I'm going through the WrestleMania lineage because it's just a little easier for me because I don't want to go through the whole history of John Cena because I don't want to put myself into a coma. (laughs) So he beats the undefeated Rusev. Oh, wow. We got to have somebody beat the undefeated Rusev. Okay, let's pick... I don't but know. Rusev actually got the push he deserved. He did, right? But let's pick the guy who everybody knows is going to be the guy to defeat the undefeated Rusev. Mr. John Cena wins the United States Championship. But then, a little bit of a cool factor. I'm not going to lie. In the midst of all the corniness, the U.S. Open Challenge is born. And I... Kinda liked it. Kinda. I kinda liked it because it introduced some guys to the industry that we hadn't seen yet. Like we saw a debuting Sami Zayn, we saw a debuting Kevin Owens. It was kind of the catalyst. The, the the John Cena U.S. title open was kind of the catalyst for uh, some new guys from NXT to get called up. But of course, obviously John Cena, John John Cena, John Cena, the U.S. title. So, John Cena, John Cena. Yeah, the U.S. title. So that leads us to where I want you to pick up once again. Now we're at WrestleMania 32. Now here's the thing. John Cena did not have a match at WrestleMania 32 because John Cena was injured. So of all the people and all the times where people were hurt, you had Seth Rollins who was hurt at WrestleMania. I believe WrestleMania 32, he was hurt. Yes, he was. Uh, you had people uh, like, uh, I don't know, I don't want to go down the whole lineage of WrestleMania injuries, but there have been many people. Triple H was hurt for WrestleMania, I believe it was 23, which is why Shawn Michaels got the nod against John Cena. My point in saying all this, if you're hurt, Smy, you're not going to be on the show. But John Cena was hurt, and of course, John Cena's on the show and all of a sudden, all is forgiven, and him and Rock are best friends, and they hug and kiss and beat up the Wyatt family, and it made me sick. How did you feel about it? I was annoyed, and my eyes were always in the back of my head. Yeah. To all the parents out there, if you give your kids nothing but ice cream, eventually they're going to get a stomachache. Yes. And, and, and that's exactly what the situation with John Cena, and good point, by the way, Roman Reigns as well. My God, here we go. John Cena's back. John Cena all of a sudden is right back in the main event picture, and John Cena is going up against, in my opinion, the best performer in the business, AJ Styles. And we're looking at Royal Rumble. I believe it was, I want to say 2017, going into WrestleMania 33. That was the best match ever. Talk about it. Talk about it. The whole entire card. Well, before, before you talk about it, I want you to run with this, but before you talk about it, this match would be the match that John Cena would win his... 16th world title. 16th. Sorry. Yeah. Woo! Okay, go ahead. Woo! So, 
match. No, it's the Royal Rumble. Was it 2016, right? I think 2017. Sorry, I'm wrong year. <laughs> no, no problem. No problem. No problem. It's Royal Rumble 17. Now, I was sort of not excited. Usually, I love the Royal Rumble. Don't get me wrong. I usually love the Royal Rumble, but I wasn't excited. I was kind of bored halfway. So when we got AJ Styles versus John Cena, I was like, oh, this is about to be that match. <laughs> this is about to be that match. Because anything, put AJ Styles in a match with a jobber, he'll make it the best. Right, right. <laughs> so this match literally had me on the edge of my seat the whole entire time. I was not, I didn't know who to root for. You, did, you did not know who to root for. Wow, okay. I was like, actually, no, Kawhi, yes, I did, AJ Styles. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. But I really thought people were going to hate this match because it had John Cena in it, but I was actually surprised he put on, so I'm going to say, one hell of a match. It was a great match. It was. It was a great match. And the whole, I don't even care. Royal Rumble 2017, that match on the card was the best out of the whole entire show. Now, no, I'm talking about it. The best on the whole entire card. It was. Even better than the Royal Rumble itself. Yes, it was. Better it was. than the Royal Rumble itself. Was that? No. Wasn't that the one that we had the first women's... Um... Nope. That was the following year. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. I got to mix up. I was just, I'm thinking of themes. I'm just like... Because they kind of got the same theme this year. So, yeah. So. No worries. No worries. No worries. You're, so, yeah. you're, you're on the ball, though. You're on the ball. Yeah. But that match... Oh, my God. I was like at the edge of my seat the whole entire time. That I didn't know, like every every pinfall attempt, every you know one two. Oh, he kicked out! I'm like dying, dying. <laughs> it was great. It was great. But we all know AJ carried John Cena in that match. Yes, yeah, he did. But John Cena did his job. John Cena did his job. And like you said, AJ can go out there and have a match with a broom, and it would still be good. But John Cena, he was the second guy in the ring, so we can't we can't discount the fact that he was the second guy in the ring. I mean, God bless him. He did a good job, but. I mean, all in all, it, it was just one of those deals where, you know, we knew we knew the writing on the wall. It was John Cena winning his 16th title against a man that in real life, I mean, wrestling, we always say wrestling is not fake. It's just predetermined. Um, AJ was a better athlete. AJ was a better wrestler. But John Cena got the nod. He won his 16th world title, would lose that title the following month to Bray Wyatt inside of the Elimination Chamber. Let's not forget Bray Wyatt was the WWE champion. Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt, a man who's lost in the shuffle. It was the WWE. Yes, 100%. 100%. Let me rewind and go back also. Let's never ever forget my favorite segment. Uh, my favorite John Cena segment in the world. Beat up John Cena. That was the best segment <laughs> ever. It was AJ Styles and the Good Brothers came out. And cut a promo saying, every day, we're just going to beat up John Cena. And I'm like, yes. Let's just make that a thing. Just make it on a t-shirt. Make that beat a t-shirt. Beat up John Cena day. Let's do it. I want it. I need it. Was it just me? Did those AJ Styles and, 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 and Balor Club, I'm calling them the Balor Club, or I'm calling them uh, the Bullet Club, did on John Cena. Did it seem like it was like, it seemed like John Cena, there was a little bit of resentment for John Cena by AJ. Almost like he really didn't like him in real life. A little bit, yeah. I think he was kind of like annoyed because AJ had just came into the company in 2016 and already he was champion. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think he was kind of missed at that. Right. So. And then AJ was like, hey, to hell with you. I'm better than you anyway. 
Exactly. He mm. was better than him anyway. He was. He like, was. He's been in the game for so long. So. Exactly. AJ Styles had already proven himself years and years before he ever came to the WWE. I, I think you're 100% right. I think there might have been a little bit of resentment, some real-life resentment. Obviously, we're just speculating. We don't know for sure. But I think John Cena may have had some resentment for AJ Styles coming in and becoming champion in such a short time. But Because you, know, you would hear John Cena talk about in his promos how you haven't earned your respect here, you're new here. AJ Styles was a legend before he got to WWE. AJ Styles was an icon before he got to WWE. So if there was any real-life resentment, again, we're just speculating that John Cena just needs to go somewhere and deal with it because AJ Styles was better than John Cena. AJ Styles is better than John Cena, and that's a fact. Um, so moving on off of that, you know, John Cena would win the title from AJ Styles, which was a joke in my opinion, but he won the title at Royal Rumble 2017, would lose the title to Bray Wyatt. Yes, Bray Wyatt was WWE champion as poorly as he's being used uh, a year later in 2018. He uh, was WWE champion for about a month from Elimination Chamber up until WrestleMania until he lost to the legend killer Randy Orton. I personally prefer to call Randy Orton the legend killer. That's my favorite Randy Orton persona. But yeah, John Cena lost the title to Bray Wyatt, and then he would go into a cool storyline with a really crappy ending. What I mean by that is uh, he was really, really out-promoted and out-witted uh, by the Miz the entire month leading up to WrestleMania. I thought it was brilliant stuff by the Miz. I thought his promos were awesome. I thought the skits that he and Maurice did mocking Nikki Bella and John Cena were absolutely spectacular and hilarious and entertaining. But of course they would win the battle of the wits. Like I said, they would win the battle of the promos. Like I said, but of course they would lose the most important thing, which was the match. Surprise, surprise, Thank you, Vince, for once again giving us what we don't want. And of course, in addition to that, John Cena proposes to Nikki Bella. Big yawn. Who cares? Uh, I compare it to Macho Man and Elizabeth getting married at SummerSlam 91, which was one of the most iconic and wonderful moments in the history of wrestling. Um, and I think it's a shame that they would take up WrestleMania time with this John Cena, Nikki Bella garbage. Um, and the fact that they're not together now, not that we're going to get deep into that, but the fact that they're not together now means that that moment in WrestleMania history was a complete waste of time. Compared to Miss Elizabeth and Macho Man, God rest their beautiful souls. They were awesome. They were iconic. They were believable. They were real life man and wife. They were obviously, it was enhanced the storyline for TV purposes, but they were wonderful and great and believable. And we were so invested because we loved them. John Cena and Nikki Bella, not at all. So I think it's a shame that they wasted WrestleMania 33 time on that proposal, but it is what it is. So the Miz and Maurice lose to John Cena and Nikki Bella at WrestleMania, which is unfortunate. But then we move forward uh, where John Cena would eventually face Roman Reigns, who came off of his very controversial but yet very definitive victory over The Undertaker at that same WrestleMania. He would face John Cena at No Mercy 2017, where Roman Reigns would come out victorious. Make sure you check out the Roman Reigns episode that uh, myself and Zildjian did together. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, we talked about the career of Roman Reigns, so make sure you check that out. Um, but John Cena would lose that match in a match that seemingly was a passing of the torch of you know Roman Reigns being the guy and John Cena kind of being now the part-time guy. Uh, but of course, we still boo Roman Reigns out of the building just like we boo John Cena out of the building. But 
That would lead to WrestleMania 34 and a buildup where John Cena literally had no match. And John Cena was continually calling out The Undertaker for a dream match, you know, questioning The Undertaker's manhood, questioning The Undertaker's courage, which we all know is a complete joke. The Undertaker is one of the most courageous, iconic, and respected wrestlers in the history of the business. But I guess for storyline purposes or whatever the case may be, John Cena called out The Undertaker and challenged him week after week after week, leading all the way up to the week before Monday Night Raw, week before, excuse me, week on Raw before WrestleMania, where The Undertaker still did not answer the challenge. John Cena showed up at WrestleMania. Uh, Smiley was there. I want her to talk about her experience in the Superdome because I'm sure she had a great time in New Orleans. But um, Roman Reigns, or Roman Reigns, I'm sorry. See, that's how interchangeable to me Roman Reigns and John Cena are. I mix them up all the time <laughs> as far as their pulverizing and annoying uh, personas. But uh, John Cena was in the crowd, and all of a sudden the referee runs down, interrupts the Charlotte celebration uh, over with her victory over Asuka. And uh, John Cena is informed that the Undertaker's in the building. John Cena runs off, and it leads to a squash match. And my question for you, Trace, is this. With all the buildup for WrestleMania 34, finally getting what we wanted, which was Cena versus Undertaker, even though it was in a very unorthodox uh, buildup with Undertaker never showing up to officially accept the challenge, what did that five-minute squash match prove? I mean, did it prove anything to you? Did it prove anything to the fans? What's your take on what that five-minute squash match, The Undertaker defeating John Cena, proved in your sight as a wrestling fan and wrestling uh, historian and wrestling podcast host or whatever the case may be? What did it prove? It absolutely proved nothing. It was a waste of a match. It was a waste of Undertaker's time. It was a waste of, you know, Undertaker showing up. But, you know, we don't get to see Undertaker much. He shows up maybe two or three times a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two or three times a year. So when we do actually get, you know, Undertaker showing up, it's usually huge. So for a five-minute John Cena squash match, I think that was a waste of time. It was. And a waste of my time. I mean, it was great because everyone, you know, popped for it. That pop was huge. If you were, like, in the building, if you were, like, in my section, you know, if I'm talking to my girls that were there. If you were there, <laughs> everybody had their cameras out. Everyone was excited. And I'm just like, okay, how is this going to go? Like, in my head, I'm like, how is this going to go? Is this going to go, like, a full match? Are we going to, because, you know, because, you know, Undertaker is, you know, 50 now. Yeah. He doesn't really have it anymore. I hate to say it, but he doesn't have it anymore. Right. He's 50 something years old. He doesn't really want to, like, wrestle much. And I understand. And plus, he really just had hip surgery. He had hip replacement surgery. The man is old. Yes, he is. Yes, the he man is. is. Very old. That man made his debut when I was four years old. Holy crap. I wasn't even born yet. You weren't born yet. Yes. You weren't born and I was four. That's a long time ago. Yeah, he was born back when Brother Love was still a thing. That's like, right. Still love till this day. Bruce Pritchard. Oh my god, he's amazing. Yeah, anyway. shout out to Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard and his show with Conrad Thompson is pretty dope. You said what though? His show with Conrad Thompson is pretty dope. Yes. Mm-hmm. So during WrestleMania, you know, I I forgot which match it was. John Cena sitting there, you know, the camera pans back on him. Like, well, I'll, I'll tell you match. what match it was. I'll tell you what match it was because it pissed me off. I'll tell you what match it was. Oh, my <laughs> God. I'm fired up about this. And you know how I get when I get fired up. How dare you? How dare you disrespect the women's championship undefeated Oscar versus Charlotte by interrupting Charlotte's 
celebration with a referee running down? That's disgusting. Yeah, she looked at him like, what is this? <laughs> disgusting, Smy. Disgusting. I didn't understand it, you know, referee coming down saying, oh, John Cena, blah, blah, blah. John Cena's, you know, looking like, oh, what's going on? What's new? Brought up the rap. But, of course, we had memes for days with that one picture. We had memes for days. <laughs> so funny. So funny. So funny. Like, like so- the, the funniest one was, yeah, she wants you to hit, bro. <laughs> that was so funny. And, like, because the look on John Cena's face, it was almost like somebody was saying, yo, yo, shorty's checking for you. Like, Nikki's in the back or something like that. Nikki's in the back. Nikki's in the back. But as we all know, The Undertaker will come out and squash John Cena. Satisfying because The Undertaker did show up. You're always satisfied when you see The Undertaker in the building as a wrestling fan. But the match was garbage. Um, You know, obviously... Let's not forget, they teased us at first. They didn't give it to us first. No, we had Elias coming out. Was I the only one that was excited for Elias? I think you were the only one who was excited for Elias that night. Because I'm excited for Elias every other night. But not that night. I was excited for Elias because number one, I had just seen him in concert. Let's not forget, I was there. You were there. I was there when he did the surprise, shocking. Like, we were all, I was just in the club. I was in that club, and I was drinking, you know, big, huge daiquiri. That, these daiquiris, they give me, they're huge and fat. And nice. Elias comes to the bill. I'm like, my friends that were with me, they're like, there goes Elias. There goes Elias. I'm like, what? You're lying. And there's Elias with his guitar going up to the stage. I'm like, oh, he's doing a concert. Awesome. I was like so excited to so see awesome. him, you know, on stage, his first WrestleMania. I was excited for him. And then that gong happened, and then here comes the Undertaker doing his whole 15 minute walk to the ring. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. And I'm so, I'm so glad that he came out. But like you said, the match was garbage. But yes, Elias was cool. Elias was cool, just bad timing because everybody was so when you're geared up for the Undertaker, you can't you can't expect Elias to get a pop. You know what I mean? Because uh-huh. everybody was Undertaker, Undertaker, and then oh it's Elias. Now any other time Elias, we're happy, but Well then yeah. again, are we happy when we see Elias? Because Elias insults everyone all the time. It's very insulting. I love Elias. Okay, we love Elias. Anyway, so we yeah. love Elias. And we love The Undertaker showing up, but we didn't really love Undertaker versus John Cena. John Cena would eventually go on to the Greatest Royal Rumble where he would have a match with Triple H, a novelty match, similar to the match that John... I actually did not watch that match. I was out getting wine. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, it was it was definitely a novelty match, um, you know, a nostalgic novelty match, um, similar to what I thought, similar to uh, Triple H, Undertaker, even though they're starting to gear this thing up like it's going to be a big deal, so... I don't know. But that was pretty much it. That was pretty much it. And uh, and John Cena um, hasn't been seen on WWE television uh, since. You know, first of all, I want to thank you for being on the show, uh, Smile. This was awesome. But I really want to end this show by asking you your thoughts, your, your, your personal thoughts about John Cena. Because everybody feels passionately about John Cena, whether it's good, whether it's bad. I mean, John Cena's out right now. I'm sure he'll be back. We all know he'll be back at the very least by WrestleMania 35. I probably. think he's coming back for the Superstar Showdown, I think, from what I heard. I think he's on the card. I think he's on the card. Oh, he's on the card. Okay, cool, cool. So he'll be yeah, back. Yeah, I think, I think so. From what I heard, I think he is on the card for a appearance. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I okay, think so. yeah, that's what's yeah. up. So he'll be back for that night, but I'm sure he won't be on Raw or SmackDown. But you're right. He will be on the, on the Super Showdown. But... John Cena, like, just give me your synopsis of his career, you know, the the change from being one of the most popular guys to one of the most 
unpopular guys. Now it seems like it's coming full circle. The fans respect him again just because of his contributions. Uh, give us your take. I was sort of a fan of Faith Doesn't Not Mix John Cena. Now, Mr. All-American John Cena is very, very annoying. Um, like, I felt that his flag match with Rusev was sort of very, very, very disrespectful. Like, I, that was one match of his that I thought was dumb and disrespectful, and he, and Rusev didn't deserve that, definitely. Rusev didn't deserve that. Right. Um, if Maybe WWE would maybe, you know, listen to us maybe once in a while if Vince will, you know, get off his butt and stop living in, oh, I don't know, 1980s, 1990s. Turn John Cena back heel, maybe we'll actually like him again. But Mr. All-American John Cena, Mr., you know, I do everything good, I never do anything bad, blah, 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 and yeah. (laughs) I... You know, I respect John Cena for the work he does outside of WWE. I respect him for that. But his in-ring work, I'm just like, every time he's on my TV, I'm like, mute. <laughs> Either I go mute or I'm just next to I'm like, yeah. I'll be back when this match is over. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think everybody gets excited when he comes back now because his appearances are so few and far between. I mean, the Dr. Thugonomics, I couldn't agree with you more. I thought it was super cool. I was a big fan of his from... I even oh. wanted the spinner belt. Not even gonna lie. Back then, spinner everything was cool. I wanted a spinner belt. Oh, that's what's up. That's what's up. But yeah, I definitely was a big fan of his from 03 to 05. 06 is when it changed for me. Um, I was a big fan of Edge actually. When Edge won the the title at, at the um, New Year's Revolution and lost the title back three weeks later to John Cena, you could see the writing on the wall. Okay, John Cena is clearly the guy, and they're gonna make him the guy by any means necessary. And when you force somebody down. Our throats were going to rebel, you know, like Roman Reigns and like whoever else, but even yeah. Batista in 2014. But the bottom line is, John Cena is one of the greatest of all time. I don't think he's worthy of 16 world titles. I think that's nope. a number that is that should be revered forever. Um, I believe he'll get his 17th, which is, to me, kind of unfortunate. Ric Flair's the greatest of all time, but I guess uh, Vince feels differently. Vince loves his big sweaty men. Yeah, clearly, clearly. And one thing I will say, you know, regardless of whatever the racial tension was, um, I have my feelings about what Hulk Hogan had to say. Uh, regardless of whatever he said in the privacy of his own home, I don't condone it as a black man. Uh, oh. But John Cena, Hulk Hogan, you will never be. Oh. And that's the bottom line. As it pertains to in-ring character, in-ring performance, John Cena will never be Hulk Hogan, he will never be Stone Cold Steve Austin, he will never be The Rock, he will never be Shawn Michaels, and he will never be The Undertaker. That's the bottom line. John Cena will go down as top 10 all-time because of his accomplishments, but he will never be in the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling in this humble man's opinion. definitely not in mine. Like, I'm sorry, but he's just not in my Mount Rushmore of, you know, top wrestlers. He's not. Exactly. It's just the bottom line. He'll never be as charismatic as Hogan and Flair. He'll never be as athletic as Shawn Michaels and The Rock. He'll never be as dominant as Stone Cold Steve Austin. He'll never be as dominant as The Undertaker. He'll never be as as as, as technical as Bret the Hitman Hart. It's just never going to happen. But with that being said, this was a dope show. Smile. Tell the people where they can find you, what's coming up, what's on deck, what's on tap. All right, you can find me at Twitter at Miss Smiley. Oh yeah, Miss No yeah, 
of HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com, home of the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly podcast. The very best in professional wrestling, both independent and mainstream. The ideas and content of this show are the exclusive property of HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com. The opinions of its hosts and guests are theirs and theirs alone, as this show and website are not associated with any professional wrestling organization.